0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Two weeks in a row, I'm excited to be here today. And uh, I don't know, I'm thinking I might even bump who's supposed to preach next week. I don't know who it is, so I'm not prejudiced. So just, we'll see, anyhow. Uh, anybody need some more rain at your house? I could send a little bit from my river that's flowing in my yard. Uh, Wow, we have had some rain. It looks like we might get a little bit more this week. And uh, so be safe today uh, in all that you do. It's great to have all of you here. Those of you that are watching online, those that are listening this week on a podcast, we bless you. Pray that you will be ministered to and encouraged in the in the journey of faith that we're all walking on. How many of you are on a journey today? Let me just make sure you are alive. If you're live, breathing, you're on a journey. Whether right now it's a good journey, a bad journey, a difficult journey. A, I wish I wasn't on this journey, journey. <laughs> Anybody? No, don't raise your hand. I mean, some of us, you know, if we could wish away journeys, uh, we would probably do it. But the reality of it is... This life that we've been given, there is a grace. Say grace. Grace. There's a grace to walk through whatever it is uh, you're called to walk through. Last night I was listening... I couldn't sleep because the fireworks were sounded like I was in World War III in my front yard. I don't know if it was a Lodgewood, Newberry, uh, Gainesville, or a combination of me being in a triangle in the middle, but wow, was it loud. And uh, so I was sitting on my front porch listening to some testimonies. How many of you like a good testimony? Man, oh man, I, I found uh, something and, Uh, They were all testimonies of, of supernatural healing over the last couple of years course, you know, I was going through, there's a whole pile of them. I was going through looking for one that said multiple myeloma. But uh, there are all kinds of amazing healings, miracles, uh, the supernatural, uh, cancers that were healed, just amazing testimonies and uh, from just regular, normal, real people from all over the world. And so I, I listened to about six of them last night. And man, by the time I was through, I could have preached last night at midnight i was I was ready to go, man, because there's something about being encouraged uh, by the word of the lord there's something about looking at real people and go, "Wow, I, I listened to this one lady from Holland who had two children, and uh, just just listening to her testimony and seeing some of the videos of her in the hospital and things I mean it was just like deja vu I, you know I recognize that I recognize that spirit, I recognize that look and and uh, And then to see her today uh, completely and totally healed, preaching the gospel, sharing her testimony, I mean, it's encouraging. Every once in a while you need to turn off stupid vision. And just to clarify, last week I was not saying anything to those of you that thought I was speaking to my wife uh, I was not speaking to my wife. Uh, uh, some people around her knew what I was saying, but uh, I, I, was, I was confessing to her that I was being careful not to call people that watch too much stupid vision. Stupid. I'm not even going to say the word. You know what I'm saying? But, but sometimes we need to turn that off and turn something on that's going to build up our spirit. Listening to the Word of God, reading the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, hearing the testimonies of God's faithfulness will do something on the inside of you that watching a whole bunch of Hallmark movies will never do. Come on, somebody, for you. I was flipping through TV yesterday when Suzanne walked through the living room. I was going to take a nap. And so I turned, I was turning, I was looking for golf because golf is great for sleeping. (laughs) Amen? Now, I'm a golfer. I love golf, but I'm telling you what, Sunday afternoon, come on, somebody. At my house, just ride by, and you'll see on the big screen, golf is on. And I'm like head back, drooling, tongue out of the mouth, you know, slobbering down the side. Golf will put you to sleep. It's just a a good Sunday afternoon sleeper. But anyhow, I was looking for it when Suzanne walked in, and there was a Hallmark movie on. She's like, she stops like, You're watching Hallmark? I was like, no, baby, I am flipping through Hallmark on my way to Channel 401, Golf Channel. All right, we got to get in the Word. Y'all stop messing with me. I want to talk about the journey of faith today, uh, continuing from last week, but before I do, I want to share just a scriptural exhortation out of Psalm 92, four verses here, uh, talking about how great are uh, the works of our God. Verse one says, it's good to give thanks to the Lord. How many of you would agree to that? To sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. To the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. I want to encourage us. Every single day. Man, for those of you that weren't here Wednesday night or didn't get to watch it online, uh, Clint Gibbs brought another fabulous word to our house. It was it, very encouraging, very uh, um, strength building, edify, edifying, and uh, challenging on prayer and worship and the word. These things that are, have been vitally important to our house for 34 years. Matter of fact, I was listening to Clint preaching and every once in a while I think, I've heard that before. Oh, I think I've said that before. I, I mean, th- there's just nothing more satisfying than hearing your spiritual sons reiterating what became life to them. Because you see, you can hear by the natural, but then when it goes into the spiritual, man, all of a sudden, something is transformed. Amen. That's why parents love to see their children behaving Instead of misbehaving. Come on, somebody. Because when they're misbehaving, you're going, oh, yeah, I recognize that spirit. I'm reaping what I caused my parents to go through. But then when they're obeying and being obedient and, and just wanting to bless you, man, there's something satisfying about that in your heart. And and I'm telling you, as we just take time every day to worship, to pray, to spend time in the presence of the Lord, and to speak aloud the goodness of God. God knows he's good. We need to proclaim that until we believe in our knower that the things that we're declaring, we believe, amen? That's good right there. All right, we're going to jump in the word. I want to talk about the journey of faith. We're going to start in Romans chapter 4. Last week, I spent a lot of time in Genesis chapter 17. This is pretty much the same story just told by Paul. He's reiterating what uh, was written about Abraham. So beginning with verse 17, just for the sake of time, the whole chapter is fabulous. But I'm going to read verse 17 through 25. As it is written... I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things, come on, that, say it, do not exist. This is so powerful for us as believers to get beyond a head knowledge of this to where it is settled in our heart that this is the word of the Lord, therefore I have a right as a believer to proclaim it, to declare it because God said it and even though I don't see it with my eyes, God's word is settled. God said it, I believe it. God said it, it's settled whether I believe it or not. So why not settle to believe it? Amen? Amen. Why not make a declaration that you're going to believe what has already been settled in heaven and on earth? That's good right there. I don't care if only three of y'all said amen. Verse 18, in hope, he believed against hope. Who? Abram, who was renamed Abraham, hoped against hope, that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body. Let me ask you a question. How how many of you have gone through a battle, you'll be honest, and in the middle of your battle, you were weakened in your faith? See, the only reason... That Abraham ultimately was called the father of faith was because he settled that once God said it, he believed it. That's why last week I went over and over, reemphasized, I am Abraham. I mean, he settled that thing. He spoke it. He declared it. Not consider, well let me finish reading this because Paul just reiterates it all. Verse 19, he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No, listen to this, no unbelief made him waver. Was there unbelief? Did he wonder, is it possible? You know, when Jesus, I'm sorry, when the angel of the Lord came and said to Mary, you're going to have a son, she didn't doubt in her heart. She just asked the question, how's that going to be? Come on, right? Wouldn't you ask that question? You've never known a man. How's it gonna be? And the angel of the Lord spoke it and she hid it in her heart. I love how on several occasions the writers of the gospels talk about Mary and they said she pondered it. How many of you have had to ponder something lately in your life? You've gone through something, a battle, and you've had to grab hold of God and ponder. Now I know what my flesh is saying. I know what my body's saying. I know what my checkbook is saying. I know what my marriage is saying. I know, I know what these rebellious children are saying. But what does God's word say? So that you can ponder it in your heart until you can grab hold of that thing and not let go. It says that no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew what? strong in his faith as he did what? Gave glory to God. He started honoring God going, woo, I'm Abraham. He didn't look like Abraham, did he? Because Abraham meant the father of many nations. He had no children. For a whole year he had no children. He just kept proclaiming, I'm Abraham. And people were looking at him like they did Noah. You're building a what? And it's gonna what? What does rain mean? Realize when Noah built that ark, it had never rained on the earth. We read that after, after a flood this morning. You know, five o'clock, man, it was flooding at my house. I mean, the lightning was just pounding. It was, I mean, the rafters were shaking, but they had never had rain. Noah's out there building, he ain't building no boat. One cedar, you know, he's building this gigantic, remember the message I preached, the history of that, it's a fascinating story. Every day Noah's out there, and every day Abraham's out there going, I am Abraham. And they're laughing. But he had settled in his heart. He allowed no unbelief. He gave glory to God. He began to just lift up his hands and go, I honor my God, and all that he spoke to me. Not when everything's going good, but when everything is still unsettled. He said, I'm gonna be a father of nations. What has God been speaking to you? I Asked this question last week, what is he speaking to you that's causing you to consider, to ponder, to think? Verse 21, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. You're going through a battle right here today. What has God fully promised you? Even when your circumstances go, you're going to be a fool if you say that. You're going to be a fool if you declare that. Because it's not going to happen. Are you going to waver in unbelief? Are you going to lift up your hands and start giving God the glory? Fully convinced that God is well able to do what he said. Four of us said amen. Because the reality of it is some of you are standing in a situation that others know about. Will you stand and declare, I will live and not die, to do the will of the Father. It's not about just, I'm going to live so I can just keep living. I got to get to Disney World again. (laughs) I don't give a rip if I ever see Disney World again. Well, there are a few other things I want to do. But in the midst of it all, I have a bucket list. Anybody have a bucket list? I I don't have a bucket list because of that movie. I have a bucket list because of the last 20 months of my life. And I've said, God, I'm not getting to do this right now, but I'm believing I'm going to do this again. I believe I'm going to preach the gospel in Cuba again. I believe it. Settled. It's on my spiritual bucket list. And so I type my friends in Cuba and say, I can't wait to be with you again. And they write back and said, the coffee's brewing. (laughs) Let us know when we're to pick you up at the airport. (laughs) See, they got a hold of something as well. One of these these young men, and many of y'all know, Abdiel, Lost his dad to cancer. He wrote me recently a text and he said, Since my dad passed, you're the closest thing to a father I'll ever have on this earth. He said, I have learned from you and Pastor Suzanne. I've watched your marriage, I've listened to you preach. What an honor. (laughs) And he says, Ollie is waiting anxiously to stir the coffee, to have it ready. He understands what I'm going through. He watched his own dad preach with IVs running out of his chest with his doctor standing on the edge of the stage. Oscar and I were there with Pastor Alejandro, one of the greatest, matter of fact, Franco Gennaro, uh, and I were in Cuba in 1999, and that was the first place I ever got to preach in Cuba was on that stage in Pastor Alejandro's church. And I had a square tile, and Franco had a square tile, and that's as far as we could move. We were stuck glued to each other as I spoke in English and Franco translated. I don't know if Franco was preaching my message or not, but he, <laughs> he was going, because it was taking him twice as long for me. You know, I mean, I, I would say this, and he would just be going on and on, and I'd punch him in, and it be my turn again, so. Well, I trust the word was being fully preached. (laughs) Verse 21, fully convinced that God was well able to do what he promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words that was counted to him were not written. Come on, somebody, for his sake alone, but for ours also. Come on somebody say amen to that. Ours also it will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Yeah. Woo! Man, he was for our benefit. Not just Abraham. I am Abraham. For yeah. this week I had so many texts from some of you text me and wrote your first bold words were I am Abraham. Making a declaration, not just about what I'm going through, but everybody in this house is going through something. We're going through battles. We're promised battles. Okay, if you're waiting around for everything to always be hunky-dory and sweet and roses without thorns, you're not reading the Word of God. We're promised persecution, trials, struggles. His grace will be sufficient in our weakness. His strength is glorified. When I'm weak, man, you know, when I I stand up to preach, I want, I want to stand up in strength, but sometimes the Lord says in your weakness, I'm going to do more in your weakness. Come on, than I can do through your strength and Abram believed and was counted to him for righteousness. And he was able to declare for a solid year, I am Abraham father of many nations. He was convinced. He took God at his word and he began to declare and call those things that were not as though they were because in the spirit realm, they already had been accomplished. You realize 34 years ago when Suzanne and I drove into this city on August 16th, 1987, all we had was a word. 34 years later, we look back and we're taking everything for granted. We got a beautiful building. We own 160 acres of land on our north campus, 10 acres of land on our south campus. We have a beautiful school. We're touching lives all over this city. 45 plus church families are represented at the Rock School being touched by the leadership of the Rock of Gainesville. It's touching lives even in other churches. 34 years ago didn't exist, except it did exist. It did exist. Amen. Some of you came here kicking and screaming. And <laughs> it's our fault because we prayed you in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a big one. I got Joshua Myers. Woo! Wow, look at me, man. I just reeled him in. Some of y'all didn't want to come, didn't want the family. Thought you could live for God all by yourself. Yeah, Felt like you could walk it along. It's me and Jesus. <laughs> it ain't no you and Jesus. Because if, if it's not we and Jesus, you're dead. Isolation will kill you. You know it. Look around. Used to be people sitting in some of the chairs beside you thought they didn't need the body any longer. They're out there trying to just me and God. You can't ever grow up without us in your life. Come on, Come on somebody. It takes somebody that, that you don't like sitting in front of you, sitting beside you. Maybe you're even married to them. <laughs> that starts building something in you. Character. Character. Heart, compassion, forgiveness, brokenness, all comes from being connected and joined to the body of Christ. That's why the enemy over these last couple years tried to get everybody out there isolated at home. I want to say something to all of you precious folks that are at home today. Unless you're sick, you need to get back to the house of God. And I don't say that with harshness. I say that with, it's dangerous. It's dangerous to stay out of the house of God too long. I mean, I've had to stay out. And right now, I'm I'm having to stay away from y'all. I love y'all. But you can't be hugging me. And, And you know, it's always my fault, right? When we hug, it's always my fault because I see you and you look healthy i asked somebody last sunday are you well and she said yes and then tuesday she is diagnosed with covid i'm i'm in my office i'm in my bedroom i'm at home pleading the blood of jesus over me i ain't got time for no covid you know what i'm saying now, remember this, on my first transplant, my wife's sitting on the side of the bed, this close to my face, we're just talking. We're looking at the, at the uh, transfusion, the stem cells running through the tube. We're having a great time, we're crying. She's video, and we're just loving Jesus together. And then two days later, she's diagnosed with COVID. <laughs> Man, Shannon Tosbel thought, he's dead put me in isolation, man. I mean, they locked me up and wouldn't let anybody in. I mean, didn't see my wife for 21 days or something because they just knew I was going to die. Except for God. Amen. Some of y'all can handle COVID. Right now, my body can't handle COVID. So I have to use wisdom. So now I'm not even asking you if you're well, I'm just not hugging you, okay? So when I'm through preaching a little bit, I'm gonna go to the back room and and, and we got bouncers back there today. So any of y'all that are gonna try to sneak back there, you're not gonna get in, I'm sorry. My wife, I have to live with my wife, y'all don't have to live with her. That sweet little thing, woo! She's like, I ain't got time for this. Ain't nobody got time for this. You know what I'm saying? But that's not a lack of faith. That's a dose of wisdom. Amen? Amen. But the reality of it is, is that we have to come to this place where we're saying, what is God saying to me today on my journey of faith that I'm walking out? I can glean from others. I can learn from others. I can be encouraged by others. But what is it that I'm walking through that I got to have a word of the Lord for me? See, Abraham, Abraham, Abraham did not get Noah's word or Jonah's word. Don't y'all love Jonah? Come on, somebody. Have y'all read Jonah lately? I, I read Jonah last week, all four chapters twice. I got I to gotta identify with that guy. He's like, he hears the word of the Lord. I uh-uh, ain't going. Get my butt on the ship. I'm going the other direction. Why was it that Jonah didn't want to go? Because he knew God. <laughs> and he knew God was going to have mercy. When he was wanting to just kill them all, just kill them, Lord. He had the spirit of Peter come on him. So you know the whole story. And God creates this big old fish we were talking about this week. That's another one of the movies I want to see when I get to heaven. I mean, because the word says that the Lord created a large fish. I don't think that fish had a bunk bed and rocking chair inside of its belly. I think Jonah's in there slushing around with seaweed and wrapped around his head and smelling and probably vomiting and then vomiting some more. I mean, he's in there for three days. He's not sitting in a rocking chair sipping hot tea. (laughs) After three days, he cries out. (laughs) What was he thinking? Why was he waiting three days, man? I'm serious. I just, seriously, you hate, you hate that Nineveh so bad that you're going to, I wouldn't have waited three days. I'd have been first, first minutes. I'd have been, Lord, forgive me. I will go wherever you want me to go and preach the gospel. (laughs) Three days later, man, that fish spits him out. And He does what he was told, and then what happens? Exactly what he knew was gonna happen. I mean, he's walking through the city of Nineveh. Come on, somebody. Seaweed still wrapped around him, he stinks, he's walking through the city crying out, repent! For the kingdom of God is at hand. And they repented. It said the king heard his warning, called the whole city sackcloth and ashes. No more eating, let's make things right. What is God saying to you today? It's not just a message about Abraham, a message about Pastor George, a message about somebody else that's going through something. Every one of us have our callings, our challenges, decisions. So a few things to consider on your journey. Number one, faith comes. By hearing, That's why last week and almost every time I've been in the pulpit over the last couple of years, I have challenged you to get in the word of God. This year I made it easy. I just said, we're going to read as a church family through the whole Bible together. So I mean, you're still not doing it. You don't think you need the word. You don't want to be accountable. I'm telling you, the word of God is is the only thing that's gonna produce a growing faith in your life. Coming to church once a week for an hour and a half, we'll not do it, we're not good enough. We're not good enough. There's no preacher good enough. No pastor good enough, no prophet good enough, no apostle good enough, no evangelist good enough. We come to be built up, edified, and equipped, what? To do the work of the ministry. We come to just get our swords sharpened and our shields waxed a little bit so we can go back out in the world and do what we've been called to do. But we've got to be built up in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit every single day filling our mind with the word, renewing our mind, renewing our thought process, getting the word in us so that the word will begin to work in our character and in our spirit and our heart and our behavior and the way we drive and the way we talk and the way we raise our kids and the way we pay our bills. It'll affect every single area of your life, the word of God. And that's why the enemy will do anything to keep you out of the word. That's why I love what Clint said the other day, just a a challenge, you know, from a man of God in the house. I start out every day and I give the first hour to the Lord. Some of you say, man, I don't have an hour. We'll we'll start with 15 minutes, you know, just start somewhere. Worship, read the word, and then pray. In that order. Because worship will open the door and bring you into the place where your prayer will be affected by the word that you're reading. It'll it'll build you up. And it'll encourage you. And it'll convict you. And it'll challenge you. That's why we have to get in the word. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Galatians chapter three, verse one uh, through about verse nine. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? How I many of you are saved today in here? Let me see your hand. You love Jesus. You've given your heart, Lord. How did you get saved? Was it by faith or by works? Faith. It's by faith. But how did that faith stir you enough to help you to realize that you were lost and needed a Savior? You had to have heard something. You had to hear you don't, just, you don't just wake up one day and decide I'm going to be saved. That's why it's so important for us to teach and train and raise up our children in the things of God. Because they're getting enough of everything the world has to offer. All of our godly kids, all of our wonderful kids in this house are all already addicted to technology. I hardly ever see your kids without something in their hand glued like this. Do you know every second of the day when they're on those things, what they're watching, what they're hearing, what's growing in them? Because what you feed grows and what you starve dies. So when we feed our kids, the word of God, there's an opportunity for that word at an early age to begin to change their life. Yes. Yes. It's a dangerous thing to wait till your children are teenagers, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, to begin to get the word in them. Right. Cause by then they got some stuff in them. That's real. They got some real stuff in them. It's the word You realize that that's why it's so easy for children to give their hearts to Jesus Christ when they're raised in the house of God, raised in a godly home, raised going to jam and children's church preschool, being taught the word of God, being sung songs when they're a year, two years, three years old. This week, Heather was telling us of uh, some of our uh, amazing uh, workers, uh, volunteers that were serving in preschool, and, and how they were uh, uh, just blessing some of the children. And, and by blessing the children, they were blessing the parents, that the parents could be out here sitting in the congregation, getting to hear the Word of God preached, and, and knowing that their children back there, and they're being told amazing godly stories, songs sung over them, and, and, and men and women loving on those Kids, powerful. I mean, I remember in my little Nazarene church growing up, I loved a good flannel board story. (laughs) Come on, how many of you can remember the flannel boards? The rest of y'all, young whippersnappers, y'all missed out. You know why? Because that imagination, that imagination. Just had to, wow. And you get a good anointed storyteller, man. She is flicking, flipping those, uh, 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 whatever those little things were. What, they were like flannel things? That they were slapping them up there, man. They got David and Goliath. David's, you know, thro- slinging the, the stone. And, and all of a sudden, Goliath's over here. I mean, all on flannel board. <laughs> I'm looking at the kids. Like, Mom, what's a flannel board? She'll tell you when she gets home if she's old enough. She might not be old enough to remember. She, so, so, I mean, my kids never knew what a flannel board was, I don't think. But man, those stories, David, Goliath, Daniel, come on somebody, in the lion's den. Big old ferocious. I don't know about y'all. I have real healthy respect for those big old lions. I hardly even like watching them on TV. I just get, I shudder. They, they're just massive. Daniel, sleeping, laying up. We had some of our grandkids this weekend and a couple of the small ones. You know, our, my little dog that I got last year became a horse. And... Uh, she was laid out in the kitchen the other day i bought her a new toy she was laying upside down with her paw, with his toy and suzanne's like honey look how long she is like you know seven feet long she's just all stretched out and she's playing but but uh the kids it was raining and and the kids were all in the living room and and a couple of them i looked down and they're laying on top of roxy and Roxy's just laying there. She's got her paw over one of them. And, and, uh, and, and one of them, I, don't, I think it was Ari, she's like scratching Roxy's belly. And every time she would stop, Roxy would grab her paw and put it up under Ari's hand to make sure she would start scratching again. And I'm thinking, man, that's just a dog. Imagine old Daniel and the king running. Daniel! Daniel! Was your God able to save you? I think he already believed in his heart. Daniel's God was well able. (laughs) And then what happened? They threw those boys that had accused Daniel in the same pit. And the lions, they were licking their chops. That's not a good story to tell with kids in the (laughs) places. Moving right along. Did I finish reading Galatians 3? I didn't, did I? Verse 2, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by the work of law or by hearing with faith? Are you, verse 3, so foolish having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. In you, two powerful words. So then, verse 9 those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man. Of faith For those who are of faith, how many of, are of faith this morning in this place? Let me see. Are of faith, you have the right, hear me, to walk in the same blessing that Abraham. You have, you have a biblical right. If I were to bring El Clark up here, our, one of our resident attorneys, man of God, preacher, and he were to tell you from the legal aspect, we have a legal right to every promise that was promised to Abraham is legally ours. Am I speaking the truth, El? I know because he preached that message here. I listened to it. It was the first time he preached here, he preached Jesus, my attorney. Wow, was that a powerful message from a legal mindset? See, we have, I have a legal right to be healed. Not partially healed, not a little bit healed, not healed for just a little bit. I have a legal right. But the only thing that's going to bring that to pass, in a sense, goes way beyond your prayers for me. It lands right here on me. What do I believe? See, I've been battling with something recently that Holy Spirit's been stirring. I have not spoken this word to anyone. I'm not gonna speak it now. Haven't even spoken it to my wife yet. But something that just as I was at a doctor's appointment a couple of weeks ago, all of a sudden this thought occurred, dropped in my heart, and it was scary because it would require of me a faith and obedience that ultimately everyone would see the result of and all of a sudden I'm stirring in my heart my faith do I have the ability to walk in that kind of trust and before you cast stones at me i oh, pass you all to just wait, whatever well are you whatever <laughs> in your situation that's why I titled this message the journey of faith None of us have arrived yet. If you had, you'd be in heaven with Jesus. When you're that perfect, the Lord's not going to let you hang around here and let us mess you up. But there there comes a, a time in all of our lives, no matter what our particular battle is, that we have to settle what is the word of the Lord. Now hear me. Don't be acting on somebody else's word. And I got a slew of prophets that all have a word for me. But I can't live on the prophet's word. If the prophet's word is not confirming what I'm hearing in my spirit, you know what I do with that prophetic word? I put that thing on the shelf. I don't reject it. I just put it on the shelf. Because I can't live on someone else's. You cannot live on someone else's word. Somebody needs to say amen to that. But God will bring... Prophets into your life. He'll bring pastors or teachers or apostle or, or an evangelist in your life and bring a word. And sometimes that word is to stir you, but you're not ready to act on it yet. And until it becomes life to you, you best not act on it. You best not uproot and walk away. You best not just make a decision because of what somebody. It better be settled. See, Abraham did not have somebody. One of his cousins. Saying, hey, Abram, man, I I had this dream about you. Anybody ever come to you that had a dream about you besides me? Just remember this. It was their dream. (laughs) Put that thing on the shelf. You walk out in faith what the word becomes in your spirit, man. That's why we have to hear by the Spirit. We don't want to become all foolish Galatians. We don't want to start off in the Spirit and end up in the flesh. We want to start off in the flesh and end up in the Spirit. Amen? Number two, faith comes, and I'm going to close with this. So somebody come to the keyboard and help me start closing. Faith comes, listen to this, and I, and I don't even have, I got in trouble last night because after I finished preparing everything, then I kept reading the word I kept adding scriptures. So I'm not going to get to all of these, but uh, boy, they settled something in my spirit. Faith comes through imagination, declaration, and proclamation. Back in November of last year, I preached a four or five, six weeks series on imagination. The ability to see what God wants to show you in the spirit realm, even when you cannot see it in the natural realm. Because in every sense of the word, is that not faith? Hebrews 11 one, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. See, one of the things that I have been dealing with for the last 20 months of my life is speaking to myself over and over and over and over and over over again, that when Jesus went to the cross to die, there's never been a question in my mind that because of what he did, shedding his blood for my sins, that I am a child of God, period. Doesn't matter how I feel, doesn't matter how I woke up this morning, doesn't matter, you know, what bad thing, you know, I did or stupid thing I did. It settled the love of God. Jesus paid the price for my salvation. Would you say amen to that? Amen. On the way to the cross, the night before, he's beaten, whipped, crown of thorns. the flesh torn off of his back with a cat of nine tails, 39 stripes ripping his flesh. And the word says it is for our healing. We can believe for the salvation. Can we believe for the healing? It's settled that when I die, I'm going to heaven. I have no fear of that, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't dream bad dreams, I don't wake up going, oh my gosh, you know, have I messed up somewhere? His love will never fail. One of the songs I sing early in the morning, oftentimes when I'm doing my prayer walks with my dog, is about the love of God that's new every day, fresh every day in me for me but I've had to battle through because I prayed for some people that didn't get well I've watched some really godly people in my judgment go to heaven prematurely I don't know if it was prematurely but in my judgment it felt like it was you know when you lose somebody that you love dearly that you have prayed and stood for and you don't see the answer you want, I'm telling you, when you go through something yourself, the enemy will use that against you. He'll use it against you. You have to pray in the spirit until that spirit of doubt and unbelief is broken in your life. Because every time you start declaring, All of a sudden the enemy comes and starts reminding you, yeah, but you declared that over so-and-so and and they're not even here any longer. Does that change God's word? Absolutely not. What has to change me? The process of getting in his word and staying in his word until his word changes me from the inside out until it's settled once and for all that you can begin to imagine the things of God that you can out of your imagination see that which does not exist as though it already does exist and then take it a step further and declare it declaration is a powerful thing it's something that you should discipline your life in on a daily basis declaring the word of God If you don't know how to do that, Psalm chapter 27. Go home this afternoon and and read Psalm 27 as a declaration, not like the Psalmist David wrote it, but like you wrote it. And just begin to declare that and see how much in Psalm, every single verse is an I or a me. David's declaring those things. Dave is the one who said, I will live and not die to do the works of the kingdom of the Father. And, and you declare that until you actually believe it. You ever declared something that you didn't believe, but you kept declaring it? Why, because God said it. It was settled. Thirty-four years ago, we're riding down uh, Interstate 75, and the boys are six, four, and two. And Suzanne and I are in our little blue Chevrolet Cavalier, and Tad, Pastor Tad, who wasn't pastor back then, Tad, about four of the young men from my youth group in Panama City were following in a van and a U-Haul truck, and we're driving down I-75 into Gainesville. And Suzanne and I are in a lengthy discussion. We're talking about this move that we're making because we we we've never met anybody that's done what we're to do, we never talked to anybody. No, nobody in Bible college ever taught us how to plan a church or birth a church from scratch. How to move to a city that you didn't know anybody and, and start a work? How are you going to get them to come? And, and Suzanne and I, we're, we're we're past the stage of thinking about going. We're on our way, and we're discussing. And our discussion gets a little heated because my wife starts asking me, "But honey." Because I'm saying to her, honey, I I really believe Holy Spirit said that we're we're committing our life to Gainesville. We're not just going to be there a few years. And so she started asking me the really spiritual, practical questions. But what if nobody comes? Man, I didn't want to hear that. I don't want to hear what if they don't come. I don't even know how to get them here. All I know is he said, go. And then he said, pray. And he said, Stretch your hands over the north, south, east, and west and call them in. And we're discussing this. And it got pretty heated. But, honey, what if nobody comes? How long are we going to stay? How long is the Pastor Ball going to support us? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) All of a sudden, in the break, the heat of the battle, out of the back seat. Comes this little squeaky voice. Andrew had his nose up to the window. And he said, It really is a beautiful day outside. <laughs> and we burst into laughter. Because God used the child. Because this step we were taking was a step of faith. And it wasn't that my wife had doubt. It's just she's just asking practical questions that I had no answers to. All I knew was that God said go, and I knew that she believed God said go. So we were in agreement that we were going, and we were sent. And God had you guys all in mind. See, God saw you before I saw you. Miss Chris Harold, that's sitting here that was my longtime full-time secretary for a whole lot of years was the very first christian i met when i moved to this town because she owned a little mail shop on tower road what was that thing called miss chris the west, the west side mailman i don't even know how i found the west side mailman but i had to fill out a form every week for pastor ball and so i didn't have a copy machine and i had to handwrite all the receipts for the tithe and the offering and Man, I was doing stuff I I had not been trained for, didn't know how to do, and I'd have to make copies and every single week and send them to Pastor Ball. And so the very first week, I found the West Side mailman, and this beautiful black lady in there, always with a big smile on her face. And we, I'd go in there and we'd just preach each other and talk about things of God. Miss Chris would, she'd say, "I'm gonna come visit you one day," and I said, "No, ma'am." What preacher tells somebody not to come visit? I said, no, ma'am, don't come. She'd look at me like, why don't you want me to come? I said, you can't come. Why can't I come? I said, because if you ever come, you're never leaving. (laughs) And she didn't come for several years. How many? Three years. And then one day she came. God put it in her heart. And as soon as she came in, Holy Spirit said to me, she's gonna be a gift to you. And within a week or two, I think, I called her to my office. I don't even know if I had an office. I called her somewhere. (laughs) We were were building our first building, I think, or getting ready to, and we were were over in the uh, theaters, storefront on uh, Park, Royal Park or something like that. Was that the name of it? And I I called her in and I said, "Miss Chris, I believe you're supposed to work for me. And she smiled and she said, Pastor, if you pray and God sells my business, I'll come to work for you. Oh, don't mess with me when you start talking about, is that all I got to do? I prayed and and God sent a a buyer to her quickly. Before I knew it, she was smacking gum up front of my office, (laughs) weren't you, Miss Chris? We had this temporary buildings and Miss Chris, she could chew some gum and pop it. You know how you — I don't — I can't — I've never been able to do that. She tried to teach me one time because she'd chew that gum, she'd roll it, and pop it, and I'd be way in the back in my office, but we didn't have roofs on our, on our offices. We just built these walls, and so Miss Chris was way up front, and then there was Tad and Ed and me way in the back, and, and I'd yell, Miss Chris! I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm sorry." She said, I stopped chewing that gum. <laughs> she could roll some gum and, and send chill bumps up my spine, but, but what a gift of God. Here she is 31 years later. We're still doing life together. Imagine, declare, proclaim. I got, I got to quit. I'm, I'm not even near finished. Second Corinthians 4.13, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, listen to this, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. Romans chapter 10, verse 8, but what does it say? The word is near you, in where, your mouth. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith. What do we do with it? That we proclaim. Hear me, church. You want your faith to grow? You got to get in the word. And then you have to begin to speak the word. It's not good enough just to read it, meditate on it, or think about it. All those things are important. But you got to speak it. What is the situation you're in today? What are you going through? What is God saying to you that you need to declare with your mouth? Maybe it's your business. Maybe you're going through a COVID downfall. You need things to turn around. Do you look at your circumstance or do you look at what the Word of God has to say? I say you take the word and you begin to speak it with your mouth. You're faithful with your tithe and offerings, you're a business owner, a businessman, you made de- declarations, you've always been faithful. You have, every, you have every legal right to begin to declare and proclaim God's word. Reverse whatever the enemy has tried to bring against you. Even in these crazy times that our nation's going through, I don't know about you guys, but in the last six months, everything is going up. Your gas, your groceries, everything is going up. Is God caught off guard? Are we as a nation reaping what we chose? We are. We're getting exactly what we chose. But as believers, I believe we have a spiritual right that supersedes the natural. Seven of you believe that. I believe as business owners, you have a spiritual right that supersedes what's going on in the natural. For God to do something that you stand back and go, wow because God puts it in your heart and you begin proclaim it. It doesn't mean that you're going to go to Lowe's and you're going to get a two by four half the price that the unbeliever gets it. Okay, you're going to to pay the same price. But don't limit your faith or your ability to a two by four. Verse nine, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for with the heart one believes and is justified, listen to this, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Imagination, the ability to see what isn't present. Declaration, the faith to declare that what God said supersedes everything else that comes against you. We're on a journey of faith. Don't put your life in neutral. It's dangerous. Kick that thing into first gear and walk out this journey that God has for you. No matter what it is. And for everybody up and down every aisle, for every one of us, it's different. And we're encouraged. It's one of the reasons we need small groups. Let me just throw a plug in here for connect groups. That's why we, you need to be in a small group so that you are together with a small group of people that have the opportunity and the time that we don't have on a Sunday morning to begin to share in that group, look what the Lord has done for us. It's not about bragging, except it's about bragging on God. It's about, I mean, last night I'm sitting there, I mean, way past my bedtime. And man, there is a a stirring going on in my heart in my ability to hear something that causes faith to rise up inside of me. You know why? Because I, I listened to this young lady tell what God did and I'm thinking God didn't love her anymore and he loves me. I listened to to a family, and matter of fact, the reason I even flipped on their testimony was because the little boy in the family had a Florida Gators shirt on. And then in one of the other pictures, the dad had a big hat with a big F on it. And I'm thinking they live in Florida, maybe Gainesville. No, they live in North Carolina. Tell an amazing story of their fourth child born and immediately um, had to be put on dialysis and how over a three-year period, literally their whole family's life was centered around taking care of this child. And then God spoke a word and they began to declare it. And by faith, they asked the doctor, can, can we take the child off of dialysis once a month? And they said, we're, we think we're at a place where you can do it once a month. And so the first month they took the child off dialysis and for the first time in three plus years, their family got to go out and have a dinner, do something that was enjoyable. The next month, she said, oh, after the the first day, she said, then faith began to rise in the whole family. The sisters, teenage sisters, they're telling their testimonies of how they're praying and believing. I'm telling you, I was weeping. And the mom says to the doctor, can can we take the child off two times this month? So two times that month, they took the child off of dialysis. The third month, she said, can we take the child off of dialysis once a week? And they said, well, we'll see how it goes once a week. So for two weeks, one day a week, they took the child off of dialysis. The third week, She said, can we, can we take our child off dialysis two days this week? And the doctor said, no. You can take the child off dialysis completely. He no longer needs it. Child seven years old today, four years, walked in perfect healing, a child that they said at first probably won't live and then would live the rest of its life on dialysis. because of the Word of God. There wasn't magic. It wasn't some, you know, preacher that came through that laid hands. It was a family that got into the Word of God until they believed every promise of God was yes and amen for them. And as much as I love and covet all of your prayers and believe they have sustained my life, I believe that there's some things that I'm walking through that I alone, will determine, I alone will determine. We're all on a journey. Don't think your journey is less important than anyone else's. Don't think your journey is less important than my journey because your journey is yours. And it's gonna require the same level of faith to walk out and to do what God's called you to do. We're called to be people of faith, but we're not gonna do it if all we do is come to church once a week or watch service online once a week. You gotta be full of the Word. You gotta pray in the Holy Spirit. You gotta stir yourself to believe what you're reading until you believe it, until it is life to you. Amen? Would you bow your heads? Father, I thank you so much for the promise of your word. It really is yes and amen. Even when we as believers have struggled to walk in it, struggled to believe it, struggled to hope beyond hope. Your word never fails. Help us as your children not to think that our emotions have to line up right for the Word of God to work in us. Open up our eyes to see, and our ears to hear, and our heart to believe that every word that was spoken for us, we have a legal right to walk in it and to let it become the fruit of our lives. I pray over every person in this house, those who are watching online, those who are listening by podcast. I pray that every single one of us on our individual journeys will even this week add discipline to our life so that we are not pushed around by every wind of doctrine, every storm that blows through that we will be steadfast in our faith. I pray for every father and every man in this house that does not have a daily discipline in the word of God, that they will begin to understand how vitally important, way more important than their business, is that they get up every day and spend time in your presence to hear your voice, so that they can make godly decisions throughout that day, that you will give them answers that they would never get gotten on their own because they simply honored you first in their lives. I pray for a stirring in the hearts of the dads, the fathers in this house so that we'll teach our young sons and our daughters the love of the Word and the discipline of the Word, and that we will enjoy the benefit and the fruit of seeing that come to pass. I declare, Father, let faith arise and the enemy be scattered in each and every one of us on our journey that we will not lose heart, grow weary, give up or quit, but that we will stand steadfast, immovable, moved only by the word of God so that the disciplines of your word will bring fruit in our lives, that we will stand back and say, wow, look what the Lord has done in me. I bless you, Father, for the Word that's working in us and what you're going to accomplish. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for His Word in our lives this morning. I love you guys. Bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.